All right, all right. How many love Jesus today? We love them. Big shout out, Lakeville, Elk River, Maple Grove, Spring Lake Park. Those of you that are joining Emmanuel at home, we're so excited about what God is doing in the church. So excited about kids that get dedicated and, and all the experiences that we get to have. And how many, how many have found God to be faithful? He's truly faithful. And uh, there's no mistakes. Everybody that's here today is meant to be here. And I believe that God has plans for each and every one of us and that there are good things around the corner. We're in week number three of Missio Day, the mission of God. And the title of my message today is The Dash Between, The Dash Between. Um, how many of you have ever heard of the guy named Billy Graham? Billy Graham was this incredible figure, one of my heroes. In fact, we named uh, Tim, our third oldest son, uh, we named his middle name Graham after Billy Graham. Billy Graham preached for decade after decade after decade around the world. And of course, he lived to be almost exactly 100 years old. Uh, he was born in November 7th, 1918, and he died on February 21st, 2018. 99 years old of absolute faithfulness. One of the things that I love about Billy was the fact that he didn't give up halfway through, that he was still about the gospel, the power of the mission of God, reaching people all over. And I want you to know, let's go ahead and put that picture of him back up again, if you would. And on the, on the picture of Billy Graham, I want you to notice that he has a dash between 1918 and 2018. That dash represents his life. All of us are given a time period beyond our birth. You have a dash between now and your future. And whether Jesus comes back to get us in the rapture or you go home to be with him through death in this life, there is a promise that if we follow after God, something good can happen in our dash. If you go to a funeral or memorial service, people will get up and they will share stories of the person who has just passed. And you'll hear from kids and grandkids. You'll hear from friends and coworkers. And you'll hear the stories of what a person did during their dash, the investments that that person made in their life, how there's a hole now with that person being gone from their life and their relationships. And when you consider in your life and in my life, what we do with our dash, if you will, our life can have an impact on the next generation. In fact, the word legacy is what you leave behind for others so that they can go on for their next dreams. How many want to leave a legacy for the next generation that is not just about you, but there's something that moves beyond? It's what you do with what you're given that determines their future as well. Your time, your talent, your treasure. And you can do what you have with what you have. You can do anything that God will lead you to do. When we have eyes to see that we embrace the responsibility and the joy to invest who we are and what we have and what we do, there's a promise. We can grow what we're given. God can trust us when we prove ourselves to be faithful. And then as we grow and we're faithful, God will trust us with more. And it all has to do about the dash between. How will you live in your dash? Turn to the person next to you and say, live your dash. 
If we have a small vision and we don't catch how this day matters and tomorrow matters, then we can lose out on what God has given to us. If we hold on to it instead of investing what God has given us, we'll lose even more. And if we hold back, others won't receive our legacy. It's important for us how we live in our dash. And Jesus shows us the dash mentality, if you will, in Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25. How many have your Bibles? Wave them in the air like you just don't care. Electronic or paper version. All right. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. I'm going to read a rather lengthy part of this text. Jesus shares a story. And as he shares it, I want you to hear it as if Jesus is sharing this story with you. Matthew chapter 25, starting with verse 14. Again, the kingdom of heaven or the day, the mission of God, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip, and the servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip, and he called them to give an account of how they had used his money. And the servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver to invest says, um, silver came forward and five more. He said, master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned how many more? Five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. And the master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. And then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit the money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. And then he ordered... Take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. This is a powerful story loaded with kingdom truths that Jesus is sharing with an audience that we need to hear. He's saying, listen, not everyone is given the same amount. We're all given a certain amount. It's not equal. The bandwidths are different. Our talents are different. Our capacities are different. Our finances might be different. And we're not to compare 
ourselves to someone else who has something different. Because God doesn't love one person more than another based on how much we have. That's not it. We're all given different amounts. In fact, our responsibility is to deal with what we do have, not with what someone else has. And I also want you to notice that there is a beginning point to the story. The beginning of the story, the master shares or gives that money, the silver bags, to those three individuals. It's the beginning. It's like the birth on a tombstone. It's the beginning date. And then the dash between is the moments that the master goes away. That's the time period that things are to be done. Something is to be done with it. The servant is supposed to do something during that time. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're supposed to be doing something. (laughs) Now the owner or the master in the story steps back and he gives freedom for those individuals to do it whatever they wanted to on their own. He didn't tell them what to do. He let them do what they wanted with that resource. I uh, remember my first job. How many remember your first real job? I was in ninth grade, and uh, a kid on the football team, his dad owned a hardware store. It was called Caledonia Hardware. And I got a job at Caledonia Hardware. I made $3.25 an hour. Come on, somebody. That was big bucks. And, uh, and I remember that when I started, they trained me on how to do just about everything in the store, receive customers, uh, stock the shelves, run the cash register. I even learned how to repair screen doors and, and uh, put uh, new blades on lawnmowers and that kind of thing. And, and uh, I remember as I served a little bit longer, they began to trust me more and more because the more I knew, the more they could give me. Eventually, the time came when I was allowed to close the store without the owners being there. And so the evening shift came into play, and I was, I remember I was sweating. I was so nervous. I was like, what's going to happen? And I remember as I I went through that evening, and I was getting asked questions, and usually I would be asking the owners uh, the answer to things. Now I was the one that was responsible, and I at one point, I didn't have a, I had a question I couldn't answer, and I called the owner at first, and he was okay with it. But here's the deal. At the end of the evening, the next day, the owners came in, and they surveyed what I had done the night before. They counted the, the cash register, the cash that was there. They looked at the inventory. They looked at the condition of the store, where the, the floors swept, where the doors locked. All of those kind of things, the owners came back to see the work that I had done. This is what Jesus was saying here in the story. He's looking for what happens while he's gone. What did you do during that time? If nothing is done, you won't get to keep your job. In other words, you don't own this thing. There's a different owner. And there is a difference between being a renter where you rent a property that somebody else's job is to fix everything and being an owner. An owner cares more deeply. A renter might say, yeah, that door needs to be fixed, but that's, that's the landlord's job. That's somebody else's job. And in this story, we're neither the renter 
nor the owner. We are the steward. The steward is a manager who feels responsible as if they were an owner and they do the best they can so, so that the owner will say, well done. You have a job well done. How many want to live for that well done from the Lord? And so today I want to give you three areas to hear the well done with the mission of God, the missio Dei. What is God evaluating in your dash? And how can you hear well done? And I'm going to give you three areas that you can hear well done in. The first one is with regard to time. What you do with your time in that dash. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. For everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to harvest. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to cry and a time to laugh. A time to grieve and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. I love that passage because it relates to just about every season that we might be in. I want you to consider that we do a lot of things with our time. How many know we do a lot of different things with our cell phones and screen time? Think about screen time, what you do every month or every day. How much time do you spend in there? Now, that's one way to look at it just in one day. What about over the span of a month? What does a month look like? A whole month. Think about this. This would be an example from January 2022. That Hootsuite looked at their average user and what amount of time they spent per month screen time. 23 hours a month on YouTube. 11 hours on Instagram. 19.6 hours on TikTok. I mean, you could go on. There's Snapchat on there. There's Twitter on there. All of those things. Screen time. Now, here's what I want you to consider. How much of our time is lost to unimportant things? How much of our time that the owner is away and he comes back and he evaluates how we spend our time? What would God say if he came back today and said, all right, let's check your time dashboard and see how you've managed what I've entrusted to you. We work on time management skills with our team and our staff at the church, and there's lots of, of, of tools and training books out there, but they're only helpful if you use them. Isn't that true? We know what we should be doing, but we don't always do those things. How can we practically use our time and hear the well done from God about our time? Let me suggest that you submit your time to God. What if you said every single day is God's time first? Our family, our work, our school, our free time. Psalm 31 says, but I trust in you, Lord. 
I say, you are my God, my what? Times are in your hands. Not just saying, Lord, I'll give you the one hour on Sunday. But what if we said, Monday's yours too. Tuesday's yours too. Come on. Every moment of that, what if we submitted it to God? To submit it to God is to say, God, this is what I'm thinking about doing. This is what we're planning on doing with our vacation time. This is what we want to do. This is my idea. But now I'm going to submit it to you and to say, what do you want to do with it? And have that partnership with God. When you do, you can listen for adjustments and be flexible for changes that he wants to make. Psalm 90, verse 12, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Wisdom is knowing what to do with the time we do have. Making wise choices about what we do. There's a group of people in the Old Testament from the tribe of Issachar in 1 Chronicles 12, uh, 32. It says, from Issachar, men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. They knew what they were to do about it. What if we didn't just identify time, but we know what to do with our time? You know, Christians today would be well served, not to, just to point out there's a lot of things going on in the world and Jesus is coming back soon, amen? And there are a lot of prophetic signs and wonders and this week will be one of those weeks where uh, you know, there's a lot of pressure on us and fears that are pushed at us related to an election and all those kind of things. And you can get all caught up in all of those things or you can say, Lord, there's a lot of these things going on. What am I supposed to do with that? Instead of being filled with fear, being filled with purpose and saying, Lord, this is your day that you've made. I will rejoice and be glad. And what do you want to do today? What do you want me to do? And we can watch and learn from others who are effective with their time. How many know anybody that's really good with their time? And you're, you know, you can learn from them. But many of us, we don't want to learn. We like kind of just going with the flow. We like, but how's that working for you? And consider, maybe I can learn from a mentor that's better at this or has gone this route. If you're the parent of young children and, and you're like trying to figure out how do I have a life when I'm changing diapers and I got little kids running all over and how do we do marriage? How do we do life? Learn from somebody who's already down the tracks a little further than you. Why not learn from them how they manage their time? How do they squeak out devotional time? How do they get a date night in? How, do they, how, how can I learn from you? You can learn it. You can live your dash in a way that pleases the Lord with your time. Three areas to hear the well done. Number one was time. You can hear that well done and search for that. The second is talents. Your talents. I've got a group of guys that are here today from our next gen area from youth ministry. And uh, would you give it up for them as they come up on a platform? And, you know, we've got, I love what God is doing in the next generation. Our kids ministry is doing this. Our youth ministry, they're getting ready for uh, miracle offering. They're getting ready for doing projects all over the place. And I got a group of guys that representing what you're doing, you're going to do it like a thousand shots, basketball shots, to raise money using their talents 
So Sam, tell us a little bit about what's going on with this project. Yeah, so today we have Sam, uh, Christian, and Hudson, uh, among some other guys that are going to be shooting a thousand shots for Speed the Light. Um, at Emmanuel Youth, we're committed to raising resources for different projects like Free International, Convoy of Hope, Water Wells for Africa. And we continue to encourage and challenge our students with the question, what's something crazy and unconventional that you can do to raise money for Speed the Light? Uh, and we've been able to partner with Midwest Basketball Training here in the last couple of years. Uh, Pat Freeman has graciously donated us gym time to actually shoot a thousand shots in just under an hour. And last year, um, all of our guys, I think we raised just over $5,000 uh, for Speed the Light. So this year, Nate, we are doubling down on our commitment and we're looking to raise $10,000 for Speed the Light. Let's go, let's go. Yeah. So you're going to do a thousand shots in an hour, each one of you, everybody, you guys are going to get tired, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how can, uh, how can we get involved with that? Helping these yeah. guys. If there's anybody that wants to get involved and help support us, we've already seen a huge blessing of people come in and, um, provide us with 25 cents a shot, 50 cents a shot or a dollar. Um, there's two different ways that you can, uh, you can support us. Number one is through prayer. Uh, prayer for these guys in the next week that there's just an outpouring of generosity that follows them as they further God's kingdom. And number two, if you go on Instagram and you search Emmanuel Youth, you can actually find a link in the bio there, and that's where you can find out more information on where to give. That's pretty awesome. Would you give it up for these guys? I love what's going on. They got Kingdom Builders jerseys on. I love that. That's pretty cool. So if you want to hear the well done, you got to use your talents, what you're good at. Uh, what do you get paid for? Everybody is given different types of gifts, and, uh, and they're, we're meant to invest our gifts, to do something with that. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other, so we can help each other. We're all given something that we can utilize. I've got a toolbox here. And uh, in this toolbox, there are a lot of different tools. And uh, it's not my toolbox, so I'm not as accustomed to opening this particular toolbox. But uh, it's got many different tools. It's, we've got ratchets, we've got hammers, we've got all kinds of things that are inside of here. And uh, this is the point. God has a toolbox. And each of us are given different tools. And some of us are hammers. And to hammers, everything is a nail, right? <laughs> That's all I do is this. And other people have different, different talents. They're architects. They're, they're, their capacity to, to lead well, to serve other people. And what we are meant to do, according to Jesus' story, is we're meant to do something with the talent that we're given. The capacity to do things. And when when we look at our lives, we can't leave those tools inside of the toolbox. They need to be pulled out. Everybody turn to your person next to you and say, you need to pull your tools out. <laughs> you need to pull out those tools. They're meant to be put to use, not buried, Jesus said. They're not meant to be buried. They're meant to be put to use. First Peter chapter 4 God has given each of you a gift 
from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything that you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Romans chapter 12. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. And if you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Now, I don't know what all the gifts are for you. Um, you know, we talk a lot about this within Growth Track, about gifts that you can use within the church will help you discover some of your gifts. If you go through Growth Track, how many of you have been through Growth Track? Let me see your hands. All right. If you haven't yet, I just encourage you to go right through it to help you connect with the church, but also who you are and where you need to be involved. And I just encourage you, you got to utilize what God has given you, but not just within the church only. I mean, think about the things that you're good at or the things that you can do. What do you get paid to do? How is that somehow going to be used for the missio day, the kingdom of God? How can you put those things? How can you put your work into action? The things you do outside of church, the people that you serve in your neighborhood or in your families or in the sports sidelines while your kids are out on the field or wherever it may be. How can you utilize your dash with the gifts? that God has given you. See, there is a dash for you with your gifts. And don't worry about what you don't have. Utilize what you do have. You don't need to pick up somebody else's cross and follow Jesus. You pick up your cross. And listen, that's it every day. Lord, I just want to do what you want me to do today. I'm not worried about if I get highlighted or anybody notices. I just want to please you. I'm on mission. It's Wednesday morning. I'm on mission. It's Thursday night. All week long, I'm on mission to follow Jesus. Can I get an amen to that? And friends, this is a legacy issue. It's a legacy issue. How can you volunteer so you pass it on to somebody else? Who's receiving the benefit of your gifts? Your investment can outlive you. I love what God is doing in our church as I hear so many different stories at different parts of the journey of trusting Jesus. Some people are learning, as we talked about last week, they're learning how to trust God that he's got this as Jehovah Jireh, and they're stepping into the tithe. Some people are volunteering in our ministries and Team Emmanuel all over the place. And some people are just praying. They're getting together with other believers and they're praying for God to move in their community. I love what God is doing and I love hearing the stories back. And I want you to hear this story now about another couple in our church that have learned to trust Jesus and find the joy in generosity. Go ahead and turn your attention to the screen. When I started uh, making money back early in 2012, I was uh, working in Como town, so I didn't make a lot of money back then. Um, and uh, every single penny was uh, always a stretch. Um, we bought a home 
five years ago and um, without God's blessings I could not have done this and uh, for for both of us um, we believe that everything that we own is from God and uh, whether it's our um, ideas our home or uh, or even both of us together was God given so whatever God has given to us when we give it back to God he can use it more better than how much more we can use it and I uh, believe when we give to the Lord's ministry we are giving it a purpose like we know the, that resource or the time that we have spent is being utilized uh, we see the results of our generous giving back in the testimonies that we hear at church um, so that just brings even more joy and even more uh, motivation <laughs> to even give more because we know uh, that there is actually work being done. Um, like Jesus said, this the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. We have seen that giving, um, giving out of a generous heart to God and to the Lord's work and ministry has always been like using our talents wisely. We are the, the body of Christ, His hands and feet. And so definitely God would stir our hearts to move towards the, the person or the place where there is a need um, uh, for um, our resources. Maybe it could be our time, it could be our, um, in terms of uh, money, or it could be even prayer. Like how, how, how generous is our, your heart to actually open up and give space to that person or that need? Um, I think um, it's like Stevie said also, our obedience to his voice and what he stirs in your heart to do. That definitely is the right way to move forward. I just love that, how it's just simple, right? Simple faith, simple following Jesus. And over the long haul, there's joy in that journey. The three areas to hear the well done, time, talents, and the third is treasure. What do you do with those resources that you have? First Timothy chapter six, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good, they should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. And by doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. I love that text because I want to experience true life, but I want the next generation to experience true life as well. And if we learn to trust God, we need to learn to manage his resources. They're his resources. First Timothy was, use money for good. Well, if we mismanage money, it isn't available to be used for good. So we have a responsibility to manage it well. And then to be generous out of what we've managed well. Now, I know that there are some that when you hear a talk like this, you may feel guilt. Or you might think, I can't give it because I got too much debt. And then you're laid kind of weighty on your heart. You can't, you can't be lifted up because of that weight that's on your heart about debt. 
And I just want you to know my desire and our church's desire is that you be free from that weight. We don't want you to be underneath the weight of debt and things loading you down. We'll do everything we can to help you experience that freedom. In fact, we've got a new course uh, set up for Financial Peace University this January that's going to be coming. And I encourage you to go through that. Because listen, if you learn to manage the resources that you do have, then God can find you faithful enough to give you more. Did you get your house in order? You can do this. We've had so many, we've had hundreds of people in our church that have found financial freedom just by going through this course. I encourage you to do that. In fact, I heard one person in our, our connect group a couple years ago that uh, this couple, they went through financial peace and then they got disciplined with their finances and they saw over $100,000 of debt go in about a year and a half. That's powerful. And now they're freed up to be available, to be generous. So it's not just a matter of just giving more. It's also about being a good steward or a manager of the resources you do have. I believe that God is calling us to invest in the larger kingdom of God through kingdom builders and our projects that are coming. And I want to see God move in our, in our neighborhoods. You know, we're probably heading into a winter of uncertainty. We're heading into a winter where globally, but also in the United States, there are many people that are going to have uh, shortages for food and other things. And we're partnering with local food banks like crazy as much as we can to take care of the needs in our own city. But friends, I'm just telling you this. As you partner with God, you manage the resources he's given you. There is great joy in taking care of the mission of God for the people around us. Can I get an amen to that? So it's a matter of us leaning into the mission of God and what we do with our dash. I want you to take your phone out or if you have a piece of paper or something you could write down. If you got your phone, just take the notepad out. And I want you to put the year of your birth down. What is the year of your birth? And I want you to put a dash next to it. And consider... That in the future, at some point, you're going to get the opportunity to hear the well done from Jesus. You're going to get to hear it regarding your time and how you spent it. What you did with the, the talents that you have, the gifts that you have, what you did with your resources. And really, you are living in the dash right now. And may I encourage you? To not feel bad or cover up about it. But what if you just said, Lord, I'm going to submit my dash to you. And essentially, now you can put also another number nearby. Put 2022. Because wherever you were born till now, that was a dash. You can't go back and do anything about. But you can do something about the dash from today into the future. You can do something about from this place into the future. And I'm believing that God is going to help you so that one day you'll hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Would you stand with me on all of our locations today? What a great moment that we have that we can trust in God with our dash. We can give him everything that we are. If you've yet to give your life to Jesus, may I encourage you today, you can give your life to Jesus right now. 
I know there's a lot behind you, but there's so much more ahead of you. If you're in a place right now where you're like, man, I don't even know where I'm at with God. I don't know if I have a relationship with him. Then I want you to know right now you can turn to Jesus. He can forgive you of your sin. You can be made new, a new creation right now. Why wait? This is your moment to give your life to Christ. In fact, in this room, you just close your eyes wherever you're at. Just close your eyes, bow your head, just so it's your own private moment. If you're here with us in church today and you need to give your life to Christ, you need to start a new journey and turn your life over to the owner and surrender to Jesus. I want to pray with you. And if that's you, just lift up your hand. Any one of our locations right now, just lift up your hand and say, yes, I need to give my life to Christ. That's me. That's me. Yes, 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 yes. Or I need to come back to him. Yes. If that's you, I just want to lead you in a prayer right now. If you need to give your life to Jesus, you need to start over and become a new creation, the new start date, if you will, for that dash. I want to lead you in a prayer, and you can repeat these words after me, but mean them in your heart as you talk to God. And everybody else, you can join in. Just pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came to the earth You died on the cross for my sin. Then you rose from the dead. And I know that you're alive. Today, I surrender to you. I give up. I ask you to forgive me and make me new. I choose to follow you from this day forward for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Somebody give the Lord some praise. Amen. You prayed that prayer. We'll give you some next steps in a few moments. Before we do that, I want everybody to take your hands like this. And I want you to look at your hands. Keep your eyes open. I want you to see your life in the future. That dash, your time, how you spend your time, your screen time your family time, paying attention to each other time, all of that. I want you to see what you do with your talents and how you're utilizing your days and what you're good at. And then your resources, even your finances, they're not really yours. You're just a steward. He's the owner. And I want you to, with me now, look for that, that well done by lifting your hands up to heaven. Can you do that? Lord, ahead of time, we come to you. And Lord, we say, Lord, we're trusting in you. We thank you for everything you've done. In fact, we thank you, Lord, that you have washed our sins as far as the east is from the west. When we look back over our shoulders, we don't see all the bad things we've done. We see all the good things you've done. Lord, it's goodness and mercy behind us, following us all the days of our life. And today, Lord, as we look into the future, we give you tomorrow and the next day and the next day. We give you our moments our minutes, our days, our weeks, our years, oh God. We give them to you and we say, oh God, we want to leave a legacy. We want to be good stewards. We want to live for the well done, for that mission of God that we're on. And we pray, God, that you would utilize each and every one of us. We choose to give ourselves away to you. We give ourselves away to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you for joining us. We pray that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Check out emmanuelcc.org for faith resources, how to get plugged into community, or to join us live on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. We are so excited to see what God is going to do. The best is yet to come.